Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Baltazor. And today we're going to be discussing the, frankly, painful loss that K-State had against the Baylor Bears. And let's not dance around the issue. K-State lost 10-20 to in a game that very, very rarely felt close at least that was my that was my feeling while I was in the stands you were there next to me I didn't quite get your feeling but did you feel the same way it was a really weird sort of lead that Baylor had because whenever the defense was on the field it felt like like we had a shot like we were in it and then the offense would come on the field and it felt like we were trying to come back from the 40 point deficit Mm -hmm. like other than the deuce touchdown like it just it felt like not a lot was really working. Deuce was like getting his, but that was mainly uh on second downs when Baylor kind of had to uh, protect against the pass a little bit more. Yeah. And like because when you get Baylor into any sort of pass defense, their run defense just immediately deletes itself. Yeah. So that's why I'm assuming we just didn't run it as much, especially later in the game. Yeah. I I just the only, it to me the game never really felt particularly close, and I other than you know seventy seven wanting to fight me in particular, which you know that was really funny. <laughs> no, he did seventy seven really did just want me, but because we were sitting second row and I, I said some very not nice things to seventy seven. Uh, I'm not apologizing. He deserved it, but. And next note, uh, and like I said, we always have one overarching theme before we go into the general game day recap. Uh, yeah, Big 12 refs suck. Clap, 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 clap. Wow. I mean, the second half was, like, pretty pedestrian in terms of officiating, I would say. Like, they were all right. But the first half was probably the worst officiated half I've seen in my entire life. I mean, it was awful. Like, and it wasn't just, like, it was bad both ways. Because K-State, cool. K-State this year, we've been in some poorly officiated games, which generally been bad calls either way. Mm-hmm. It was just really bad, almost exclusively skewed against K-State. I don't like complaining about the refs because it's um, it's kind of defeatist. But, like, I, I honestly think it's worth mentioning because I do think it had a tangible impact on the results of the game. Like, K-State, it at minimum... It's a one-score loss, I think, if some calls go a different way. Kick-catch interference where someone wasn't touched. Pass interference where the receiver wasn't touched. Yeah, that was that was one of the worst uh, that went unnoticed, Was especially if Brents had finished that interception, because it would hit him right in the hands. It just went through it. And if Brents finishes that pick and they still call that uh, pass interference, like that is game-changing right there. And uh, the kick-catch interference... Same exact thing that happened with the muff punt with Tranta. That's just bad luck uh, on Brooks. But when when Baylor muffs that punt and we get the ball back and they call phantom uh, kick catch interference, that was awful. And I just don't know what else to say about it. Like it, it was uniquely poor officiating in the first half. And those were only the instances that I remember. 
I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff. Bunch of missed holding calls, a block in the back on a relatively long run by Ebner. Yeah, pretty much their only successful run of the night, with the exception of the backup QB uh, for Baylor. Starts with an S, forgetting his name. Shaper. Shaper. He had a long run, like, on a scramble. uh, But they really just didn't get anything going ever in the run game, with the exception of that one run by Ebner, and that was opened up by some uh, questionable blocking tactics. Yeah, we'll call it that. <clears throat> but let's get into the general game day recap, starting with statistics, and let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Skylar Thompson, starting quarterback on senior day, went 15 for 29, 158 yards, sacked five times with a longest pass, of 48, no touchdowns, no interceptions. We'll, we'll get into Skyler later. And you can probably tell by the tone of voice, we don't have exactly good things to say. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I won't touch on it much because, like, we, we will go we'll go in on it later. But for now, just that's that was a stat line. And especially with the longest pass of 48 yards, like, you take that out. From his final possession, that's barely over 100 total yards on the day for Skyler. That's unacceptable. Yeah. Deuce was good. He uh, he had 11 rushes for 128 yards, one touchdown, as well as five receptions for 37 yards. We, He's Deuce. He's yeah. always going to get his. Yeah, he was great per usual. Uh, he, went, he got well over 1,000 rushing yards on the season now, and he is quite close to uh, 500 receiving. So he needs uh, 36 against Texas. So that's it, doable. And yeah, that's to- absolutely doable. Yeah, and the bowl as well. So that's uh, well within reach for Deuce. Yeah. And then Joe Irvin tried his best. He was two for five. Malik had one reception for 48 yards. That was the long pass from Skyler. Uh, he got open a lot tonight. Another thing we'll go over. Phillip Brooks was 4 for 33 in terms of receiving, but unfortunately had that really bad muffed punt. And he almost muffed a second one. Like, the second time he caught the punt, he caught it like it was a pass. He did. And you and I both, like, looked at each other like, he almost did it again. Yeah, he he was, it was like he was overcompensating for the first muff and changed how he caught the punt, and he about dropped it again. So, that, that was a really close one, but luckily he was able to hold on. Yeah. Sammy Wheeler was 3 for 23. Was it him or Porter that dropped the... or I'm not even going to call it a drop. That had the end zone target that was broken up. Uh, That was Wheeler. Yeah, okay. So he had yeah. dropped as well. Landry was 1 for... Landry. Landry. Landry was 1 for 12. Matsur Bebe was 1 for 5. He had one really bad drop on a drag route. I, he has to come down with that. Yeah. And that's literally it for offensive stats. We only had 12 first downs, two of which were by penalty, and we were 4 for 13 on third down. Was, My God. It was just atrocious throughout the entire game. And, I mean, you look at the third down percentage, what plays are normally being run on third down, that kind of gives you a picture of what was wrong with the offense on the night. Like, just couldn't pass the ball. No. But 
there is still technically some place that you can look at and be somewhat optimistic, and that's the defense. The defense played really well in going into their stats. Ross Elder was the leading tackler on the day with five TFLs. I mean, point five. T- good God. <laughs> five <laughs> TFLs uh, with half a tackle for loss, including two really key tackles in open field that yeah. like could have busted the game open if Ross wasn't there. Granted, he fell later yeah. on. but Yeah, he did give up really like the... The singular big catch, it felt like, or one of the very few big catches. Um, he, other than that, though, played a really, really nice game in his senior day. And even that catch, you could argue TJ should have came down faster. Yeah, I, I think you could make that argument. And, I mean, he finished up with 10 total tackles. Nine of them were solo. So I always go solo tackles instead of assisted. Gotcha. Yeah, solo tackles, nine. That awesome performance for Ross Elder. He has... The fan perception should be total night and day. I don't think it's quite caught up to his level of play, but Ross has been so good uh, the last half of the season. Yeah, like, I, I I, get it. Like, the narrative going in, even when we had it, like, the narrative was Ross Elder bad Lamal. Yeah. And, like, was that an unfair narrative? Probably. But, like, He's really stepped it up, so credit yeah. where credit's due. Yeah, and, like, even when he was first stepping up, you know, we were like, you know, he's been good for, like, his standards, but, like, he's just been actually good recently. And like, I feel like people only started pointing it out whenever we started pointing it out. Hmm. Hmm. But at Ross, um, hats off to Ross. He was the great. Boss. The Ross boss was excellent. Daniel Green had eight solo tackles, three tackles for loss, and a sack, so... By the way, yeah, he's the defensive MVP, just based off of stat yeah. line alone. Yeah, you had a QB hurry as well. QB hurry. So, Daniel Green had himself a good day. Fletch had six total tackles for one TFL. Russ had five. Echo had four and a TFL. Reggie had three and a TFL. Nate Matlick had a sack and a forced fumble. So, Nate Matlick had a good day. Matlick, you could, you could almost argue as being the... Uh, defensive MVP just because of uh, how uh, many splash plays he made because he not only had uh, his uh, three tackles, I believe it was two of them uh, were TFLs he had a sack and he also had the forced fumble so he didn't make as many plays but when he did they were big time plays Absolutely. and I don't remember who recovered that fumble Uh, I think it was Felix, maybe? It may have been Felix. It was TJ. Oh, TJ. Yeah, TJ recovered it, but Nate Matlick, he was excellent. And he, over the last few weeks, has really been emerging as well. As teams have been focusing in on Felix, he is taking advantage of that totally. And he honestly looked really good, I thought. He's an emerging star alongside Felix. Absolutely. Then Timmy had a sack, and then Felix and Austin Moore both split a TFL. And that's it for defensive stats. Defensively, we weren't a bad unit by any stretch of the imagination. We had a lot of really good moments, and it's just the problem is is that Baylor wore us down because they. I think the comparison. I don't have it on hand, but I think it ended up Baylor had thirty five minutes of possession, and we had like twenty three. Um. Yeah, it was thirty five minutes and fifty four seconds for Baylor, and twenty four minutes and six seconds for us. So yeah, pretty much. 
So you're yeah. not going to win games like that. Mm-hmm. Baylor, they had 35 pass attempts, 48 rushes compared to just 21 rushes for us and 30 pass attempts for us. The offense could not stay on the field like as much as they attempted. So Baylor's offense was on a lot and they were going to third down and fourth down a lot. And this defense credit to them, they played their hearts out. And uh, this is also, this is the sort of game where Klanderman and Kleiman's uh, rotational philosophy really helped. Uh, if this was a Snyder defense, we probably would have given up 40 points because so. our entire team would have just been absolutely gassed by the end. Yeah, and Kleiman brought it up in the post game. If you told him that Baylor would run, I think it was 88 plays compared to K-State's 51 on offense, he would have. He said he thought we would have lost 50 to 10. Yeah, and you know that's fair. Uh, it uh, runs to uh, passes, like just adding those together. That's uh, uh, eighty-three plays, which that's an unbelievable amount of offensive plays, uh, and especially defensive perspective, that's a lot to run against. So credit to the defense for uh, holding Baylor to twenty points on that. That is unbelievable, and they deserve all the credit in the world because you could argue they had their best defensive performance of the year, I think against Baylor, at least relative to competition, because this Baylor run, uh, this Baylor running game is excellent, arguably the best in the conference. And they averaged 3.6 yards per carry, which was their worst on the season. And uh, Ebner had a 31 yard rush and had 68 total yards to take that out. And that was all on the block in the back. He only ends up with 11 carries, 35 yards. Abram Smith, a possible first-team All-Big 12 running back, had 21 rushes for 46 yards, 2.2 yards a carry. That is unbelievable. And passing-wise, the defense honestly was pretty good. But just like Ross falling down, Echo getting back-shouldered, which like it, we, we talk about it, it happens. Like it, it, That's the only time I've seen it happen. And I've watched him play for... Two, like going on two years if it's only happened once yeah he's still a great corner <laughs> yep yeah, and then Rusty still got his uh, PBU uh, I don't know just I cannot hate anything really from the defense because they just they did everything that they needed to the only thing that they weren't effective on was third down and I'm not going to harp on third down uh, when they held Baylor to just 20 points and even then, it felt like Baylor was doing a lot on third down. They were 7 of 16 on mm-hmm. third down, which is about 50%, but that's a lot of attempts and not converting nearly as much as you'd think. Yeah. And then they were 3 of 5 on fourth down, so they still were uh, holding on. And late in the game, they held on, uh, got that late TFL, and were able to get K-State the ball back, and we just unfortunately weren't able to do anything. Yeah. So now let's get into, <clears throat> excuse me, the game day grades where we go through each and every position Connor is heavily signed because he knows what's about to happen. Yeah. We go through every single position, give them a grade from F to A+, F meaning they lost us the game, and A+, meaning that they almost single-handedly won us the game. And we'll also be covering the coordinators. Let's start with the man under center, Skylar Thompson. And I'm going to say it, this is by far the worst that I have ever seen Skylar play. And it, I don't think it's remotely close. It was getting bad enough to at this point to where it was sneaking into my mind that maybe Will Howard genuinely would have been playing better. 
because he looked like shades of last year Will Howard. Skittish, not making reads, not trusting what he's seeing, even if he's getting the exact same look four times in a row. Which, by the way, on that, I think, second-to-last drive, Baylor showed the exact same coverage look, including a roll down to cover three four consecutive times and messed dialed-up play calls that typically work against rolled-down cover three coverage three out of four times, and Skyler just didn't execute it. Yeah, I would say Oklahoma. This is the worst that I've seen Skyler since Oklahoma State in 2019. When he went 11 for 23 with 118 total yards, and we just played awful that game. This game was honestly pretty similar to that, other than our defense was a lot better. And uh, it was only six points, but relative to the amount of plays that Baylor played, wow. But I I give Skyler an F for this game. It really, really, really hurts me to do that because yeah. it's senior day, and I wanted nothing more than for Skyler to throw for 405 touchdowns as we absolutely slaughter a uh, top 15 Baylor squad and dash their New Year's six dreams as we move to eight and three, head down to Austin and then go nine and three and hit double digit wins. Like that's what, that's what I was hoping for. Like the beginning of that dream, but Skyler just in the first half, there was a tale of two Skylers. Both were bad. The first half Skyler was, it looked like he constantly wanted the home run ball and just was, really struggling to take the check down and when he did he missed an open read or just made a poor play or poor read like he was throwing to deuce when he was triple covered a lot and then the second half he stopped looking for the deep shot completely and he missed multiple touchdowns sammy wheeler was wide open on one play in particular where i remember uh i noticed him you noticed him the people we were with we all saw sammy break through the uh, right down the middle of the field on a post route and he was wide open had his hand up calling for the ball and Skyler just missed him same thing happened later on in the game with Daniel and Matt's Rebebe on a seam route and then he yep. missed multiple opportunities to take a shot to Malik Malik was winning his matchups with the corner I think he was up against Tejada for most of the game Yeah, he was winning those matchups because, you know, Malik is 6'4". <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Malik looked really good. Honestly, he had the one big catch. But, like, I this is the first time in a while that I felt the passing game struggle is on the quarterback and not the receivers or the coaching. Because I know that one of the big talking points, like, well, I won't harp on this too much because there's a separate grade for coordinators, but mess it. In short, mess was not the issue. No, mess dialed up good plays. People were getting open. Skyler just wasn't seeing them for some reason. Yeah, and I I'm not sure if I said it. Skyler got an F for me as well, and it still hurts because I I've always been a big Skyler guy. I think I he's a good guy. I yeah. think I really like him, but. We also there's another albeit one pass worth of things to talk about that is Skyler got hurt on the last drive and then it wasn't Will Howard who stepped in it was Jaron Lewis Jaron Lewis threw one pass one interception on perhaps one of the worst throws that I've seen in a very long time we Connor and I will continue this discussion 
both in the preview episode and off of the podcast. If it's Jaron next week, just pray. Because that's all you can do. I get that they want to preserve Will's red shirt, but it's not worth it. It's truly not. The benefits are just not there for Will's red shirt. I mean, the only true benefit is that you get to keep him longer, but in the era of the portal, it doesn't matter. You have to get what you can out of the players while you have them. It's not feasible to cling this hard to a player's red shirt, especially when they have as much starting experience as Will. And just... And then Jaron just, I I know people say he has the arm talent and whatnot, but it's just the the consistency is not there. And maybe he has the capability of making some great throws, but when you're as inconsistent as he is, and as awfully inconsistent as he is, he is a massive net negative for your team. And the one throw he made was a literal two-yard drag route to Landry Weber, the possibly easiest route to throw. He is directly in front of him, maybe five yards away. This is... I I don't want to sound too mean, but it's like stuff that quarterbacks in flag football are making. Those are the sort of plays that like you're having like seven and eight year olds run because their arms aren't strong enough to get it further. Yeah, like and Connor has seen me in backyard football, or actually on a football field. I've made that throw screwing around and throwing it off balance. Unreal. Well, actually, pretty related. Ace absolutely has a cannon. <laughs> like I don't believe it. I saw it. I still don't kind of. I still kind of don't believe it. Like, but, but I played third. I played third base. He, he in high played school. third. I played first, so I was a left. I'm a lefty. Yeah, so. left-handers automatically play first yeah. or pitch. I didn't. I they didn't put me at first until my last year of baseball. Though <laughs> I played third for a year as a lefty. Oh God. The only benefit was that if something was hit right down the line, my glove was right there. That True. was it. That is literally it. Easier than a backhand. But. That's way off. Off of topic, but I appreciate you complimenting my arm strength. Oh no, you have next, yeah, you have excellent arm strength. But Jaron Lewis just—it's all in the legs. Oh my gosh, Jaron! God, one it, it truly was the worst throw that I've seen, at least since I've been a K State student. As at least as I can remember, it's definitely the worst throw since Jaron's pick against Oklahoma State this year. I would say, <laughs> like, I. I struggle to think of much worse throws than that because, like, oh, my God. It was horrible. I mean, it's not just that it was, like, off. It's that it's such an easy route. It's a drag route. That's the safety valve. Like, you can't ask for a much easier check down, maybe. A a literal shovel pass. Literal two-yard curl to the right is the easiest pass to make. Like, two-yard curl from the running back. But drag route's pretty high up there. Let, let's, before we just, like, yeah. die, let, let's move on to, to happier trails. Yeah. To, uh, spoiler, that's by far the lowest grade that I'll be giving. Oh, absolutely. By far. It's not even close. No. So now we can talk about the running backs or... Running pretty, back. It, running back. It's Deuce Vaughn. I only give them an A-. minus. I give Deuce an A-. However, this running back room should not just be Deuce. And 
while Deuce contributed a whole lot, I would want to see other stuff from, namely, Joe Irvin, who was two for five. Yeah, I don't... A minus for me, because Deuce did everything. Other running backs did nothing. Yeah, Deuce, I, I gave an A just because he scored the lone touchdown. And I'm like, if you're going to be the essentially only tangible offensive contribution, like, yeah, okay. I guess you get an A. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, they tried. Like, it, it's not their fault that they were getting open and Skyler wasn't seeing them. I mean, there were drops, but they were very, they were few and far between. And really the only one I recall is Amater Bebe. Everyone else was catching when it was thrown to them. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it was just straight up bad. Deuce had five catches for 37 yards as well. So, I mean, he, I believe he accounted for over half of the offensive yards. At one point, he accounted for all of them. Yeah. Uh, and at least we kind of got a little offense going other than Deuce later. But, yeah, just, just really, really tough. Really tough. Yeah, speaking of tough, grading the wide receivers, because, and if anything this game teaches you, it's uh, the importance of a good quarterback, and we'll talk about that later, but it's difficult to grade wide receivers, especially when they're getting open, they're just not getting the ball thrown to them. Because our receivers were pretty consistently open. Yeah, they really were. Like... For, for example, the number one play that sticks out to my mind is the, uh, I think it was on like roughly 15 range. It was a third down, and Tyrone Howell was the isolated receiver to the left. Tyrone Howell, who's not known for his right, route running acumen, absolutely gets the defensive back turned around and then snaps his route at the perfect time to get in the end zone, and if it's thrown to him, it's a touchdown. And it's just not thrown away. <laughs> There's a lot of those stories. Yeah, Malik was open pretty consistently. Uh, Philip was open uh, as well quite a few times. And we really only got him the ball in the second half. Uh, he only had four catches for 33 yards. I guess we had the bubble screen to him a little bit earlier in the game. Yeah. But that was really it. And like Landry had an, a solid catch as well for a uh, key third down. But even then, he really struggled to make that catch because it was off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I gave them a B because they were separating, but they just weren't really given that much of a chance. Yeah, I gave B minus for basically the same reason. And that did they produce much? No, but it's not their fault, honestly. Like I hate to be connecting everything back to Skyler, but it's, what it the loss is his fault, like. I, I hate to like be that blunt with it, but... No, this is his fault, and it sucks. Because senior day, guy who's faced so much adversity, came back for a super senior season, was in conversations for being the best quarterback in the Big 12, goes out on senior night, and has his worst performance in his final home game. Yeah, it just... It it's is, heartbreaking. It is the anti-poetic ending in every sense of the word. It's the exact opposite of what everybody thought was going to happen. It's not the storybook ending. 
that everybody assumed would happen, especially against a Baylor secondary that honestly is not all that. No. And, I mean, in that that was obvious because the receivers were getting open. They were breaking open deep a lot. And we just really didn't throw the ball down the field, and that's not for lack of play calling because we were sending people deep. Skyler just didn't see them. Or he would see them not trust himself, double clutch, and then run. Yeah, and that's the part that frustrates me because he was seeing it. Damn it, we're talking about quarterbacks again. It's just like like you said, and we talked about this a lot last night as well after the game. Just this game is the ultimate example of why quarterback is so important. It's so important, and K State every unit played good to great, and except for one. There's okay. There's another unit that I thought only played okay. Yeah, good-ish. Yeah. Every unit was passable. Yes. Except for one. Except for the person doing the passing. Yep. But it's but it's and it's, uh, it's painful. Tight ends, fullbacks. Tight ends, God. tight ends, fullbacks. Same story. B minus. Yeah, we had two drops. What? Okay, one drop and then one drop in air quotes. The Bebe drop is bad. The Wheeler, I, I honestly am more inclined to call it a pass breakup because there were two people in the area. Yeah, and that's a really hard catch for a tight end to make regardless because it was dr- like dragging his foot on the sideline. and The end it, line. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And, sorry. Uh, I, I just, I felt the need to correct. I'm sorry. It's, it doesn't matter. It but, doesn't. And the point is he was about to go out of bounds. He was dragging his foot. And he just couldn't haul it in. It kind of went through his hands, but he was also blanket covered. I don't blame Wheeler for that drop, especially considering just Skyler just wasn't throwing particularly well. But I'll let you get back to your that was version it. of it. Oh, you were done? Okay. Yeah, that was it. I mean, Bebe broke open a few times. Wheeler broke open a lot. I just... But sorry that I keep, like... like exclaiming a little occasionally like i gotta keep raising my eyebrows at stuff it's because the packers vikings game notifications yeah, keep popping just, up on my phone I and mvs this game out. this game looks absolutely insane <laughs> like no, you don't like literally about it like the, if you know you know it's a nutty game it's we going also just timed the episode again <laughs> yeah. but i give a b plus to tight ends fullbacks because i remember senate having some really nice blocks i don't remember much of jack's uh, but Wheeler, wow, Wheeler, he was getting open a lot, and he was honestly pretty reliable as well through the air. Uh, one of the few like solid targets throughout the day. Had three catches for twenty-three yards, and it's really just the one route in particular later in the game, third quarter, I believe, when he uh, broke open and like he got behind the safeties. I mean, Skyler, if he puts the ball anywhere in the area somewhat on target it's at least 50 yards and it's more than likely a touchdown instead he sees it pulls down tries to scramble and i think he either gets sacked or throws an incompletion yeah i he does something that isn't a 50 yard completion and that's that's the point and i can't be mad at the fullbacks and tight ends for when they did their jobs and they, they just weren't able to get the ball. 
and it just it really hurts. It's painful, but they played well. And at minimum for the offense, it's encouraging to me that the other skill position players were actually quite good. And they they did what they needed to do. They just didn't get the ball in their hands, which is not their fault in this scenario, at least. Normally it is. Like, yeah, normally it is because because they, yeah, because they weren't get they weren't getting open or they were dropping it. Uh, they weren't even getting the opportunity to drop it really. And when they did get the opportunity to get the ball, they didn't really drop it, other than Bebe. And just I'm kind of harping on the same points over and over, but it's just such a frustrating game. Yeah. Now going in into the offensive line, who. Granted, for what I thought they were going to do, they performed well, but in the grand scheme of things, they just performed okay. You'll look at the numbers and say, oh, they had they gave up five sacks, They're, they had an atrocious day. One of those was Skyler literally falling down. The other was Skyler getting run outside the pocket, which is not on the line. <laughs> like, once you get outside of the pocket, unless it's a moving pocket play... You kind of surrender your right to blame the offensive line. And yeah, were they the best in run blocking? No. But like They were generally okay. They were, yeah, they were generally fine to they get good. A, they get a C from me. Like they were they were fine. They were okay. I'm with the B minus just because like maybe it's just because I hyper fixated on quarterback this game. But I I was like looking for ways to blame the offensive line. And honestly, a, it, I struggled to come up with ways to act like to. I think fairly blame them for how the game went. I, I think there were moments where they struggled, but that that wasn't the deciding factor in the game by any stretch of the imagination. Skyler, his pocket presence got worse as the game went because early in the game he did show pocket presence, like he was able to step up and avoid pressure. Yeah. But that kind of went away as the game continued. And he, he almost was stepping into the pressure at times. And I think it's because of one time where he did that, evaded, and then was able to go through a teeny tiny gap in the pressure and evade to then throw, like, an incompletion or something. And <laughs> then, like... All of that work. And just... I can't get too mad at the O-line because they did, I think fairly well all things considered and they uh opened up running lanes for deuce who averaged like 11 yards per carry and was uh, just generally great per per usual yeah per deuce yeah per deuce but i don't know that, that's all i have to say on the line yeah but so that we can move to happier pastures now yeah we can be happy again because we're going to talk about the defense starting with the defensive line Again, this is another unit that I was genuinely kind of scared for because of how, like, you know, I still make fun of the name Baylor uses for their offense, RVO, Reliable Violent Offense, because I think that's really, like, disgusting. But it works. They have a really good and big offensive line. Credit to them. And I'm not one to go back on my takes. So even if I called them bad in the beginning... I still would have said, no, it was a poor performance. I don't change those takes unless I'm proven objectively wrong. No, no, the offensive line of Baylor is really freaking good. Like, are they truly, I think, 
if you give Oklahoma State Baylor's offensive line, Oklahoma State goes undefeated this year and I think face rolls everyone. But defensive line performed really admirably against this amazing Baylor offensive line. So I gave them an A- minus because of the Matlick force fumble, Timmy getting doing Timmy things, including the, the batted down pass, which was an amazing play from him. Big heads up play. The only thing I would want more of is a little bit more havoc on certain plays, especially like rollouts. And I know that technically isn't the defensive line's job, but you can still ideally push a tackle into a lane that forces the uh, quarterback to stay in one spot and not move outside the pocket. That's ideally how you stop those concepts. But if that's my biggest complaint is that they didn't cyber bully one of the best offensive lines in the country, I can't give them anything below an A minus hiccup. Excuse yeah. me. They get an A from me, uh, just because they're they were all good. I thought I there wasn't a defensive lineman that stepped on the field that I thought was actively bad. No, and most of them were actually quite good. Felix was very good. He's still chasing that elusive twelfth sack uh, to get the school record. But he still finished with five total tackles, three solo. He had half a tackle for loss, and he had a QB hurry as well. And he was getting a lot of pressure as well. Like, he was being double teamed basically every time, and it simply did not matter most of the time. Uh, then Matlick was great. Uh, he had his three tackles. He had a sack, two tackles for loss, and he had the forced fumble. Uh, and Timmy, he had the sack. Uh, it was a, a great... Uh, um, pass rush concept from the defensive line as well just really freed up timmy who's not the expected pass rusher no but he just did his things destroyed the interior offensive lineman that he was with pushed him all the way back and he, i i was even thinking about this a few days ago and during the highlight reel they showed it before the game uh, when he got the sack of a uh, rattler mm-hmm. uh, in the ou game and he had a celebration where he did yeah, the fishing thing where he reels him in like, I was, I was happy to see that again, because I think it's a really fun celebration from Timmy. Yeah. Uh, boom. Uh, he had some really clutch plays that didn't quite show up in the stat sheet, where he was excellent as a run forcer. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the key reasons that Baylor's outside running just wasn't happening, and he deserves a lot of credit. He only ends up with two tackles, but he was great, and uh, he... He's been doing that since the beginning of the year. Like against Stanford, he was excellent in that role, just forcing the run either inside or further outside to where our defense is flowing. And uh, like on the fourth down play, especially where they got wrapped up for a big loss, uh, a boom was a big part of that. And defensive line, just top to bottom, was very, very, very good. Yep. Next, moving on to linebackers, who I think was personally the best defensive group this week. Daniel Green flying around, defensive MVP Daniel Green, which, you know, him and Felix seem to trade it back and forth every week now, except for that one week where it was Russ. Yeah. (laughs) Russ said, okay, I want one. Yeah. Yeah, the three pass deflections, uh, or PBUs week, last week, I guess. Yeah. For Russ. God, that feels so long ago. It Um, does. Daniel Green had a ridiculous performance. Fletcher was good on senior day. And everyone that was asked to step in, I think Moore saw the field yeah, Austin, one time or two. Yeah, Austin Moore was on the field uh, a non-insignificant amount. 
and he was actually quite good while he was on there. Nick Allen was in a little bit, and it made me a little nervous when he was on the field, but he <laughs> held his own. Like He also made another appearance on the weekly like song. Like, what song is this? Oh, yeah. He's always there. Yeah, the what song is this that they always do where they have the person, I guess, how many people know it. It's like, like Nick Allen every single week. He is always on that. He just lives there. <laughs> It's like, hey, you guys doing it? Nick, we don't need you this week. Yes, you I'll do. be there. I'll <laughs> be there. But yeah, linebackers get an A from me just because of how fast they were playing. And they weren't even like liabilities in coverage, which like whenever you're asked to cover Tristan Ebner out of the backfield, that's kind of what you have to be. <laughs> yep. Uh, and yeah, I give him an A as well. Daniel Green was so good. I mean, he's like a missile flying around. He's so fast at linebacker. He's an unbelievable athlete. And uh, that sack he had on Gary Bohannon, uh, we had a few players nearly get him. Uh, Matlick almost had him. And uh, Daniel Green just said, fine, I'll do it myself. And yeah. came in. He had three TFLs, a sack, eight tackles, QB hurry. I mean, gosh, he's just so good. He is so good. Fletcher was really good as well. He had a TFL and uh, six solo tackles. I mean, A for me, they were great. Then they were a big part of the reason that one of the best running offenses in the conference, if not the best, they only averaged 3.6 per carry, which was their worst on the year. Yeah. So next up is the defensive backs room, who generally was really good throughout the night. But honestly, two like big, big mistakes kind of knocked them down a peg for me. Well, I guess three. Uh, Ross falling down because although he had a really great game other than him falling down that's still something you have to play TJ has taken a massive step back from where he was even last year and I just really hope that that doesn't continue in next year because we need safeties next year and then Echo getting back shoulder which is uncharacteristic and also a couple times getting either too deep or like too short in his zone depth which like I... I honestly don't – I would almost prefer it if we ran, like, like combo coverages where literally everyone else was playing zone but just asked Echo to play man. Honestly, I would like it, uh, yeah, if we did something like that where maybe we run, like, I don't know, cover three except on the outside and we just have our boundary corners just man up on the outside receivers. Like, I, I don't know if that's even viable. That's, but- like – Basically, that's match three. Well, let's just do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, principally, that's match three. Sometimes it's not, like, in practice, but by principle, that's kind of what it is because it's about crossing face. But never mind. It's like, I feel confident enough in our boundary corners uh, that they would be able to generally lock down uh, two receivers every play and then just leave the rest to the defense granted there would be some schematic issues with it but echo is a great lockdown corner save for the one back shoulder which like it happens it's the first time i've seen him get back shoulder. that's the first time i've seen him give him like a bad catch he's been here for two years yeah so and julius was great he had a near interception as what well you mean the PI play? yeah oh my that was a horrible that was another <laughs> terrible call he wasn't touched literally never touched the receiver uh, at least from what we could tell. And correct us if we're wrong. Maybe he, like, stabbed him or something. <laughs> like, stabbed him? <laughs> like, but from what we could tell, 
he played great coverage. Uh, and just uh, the interception went through his hands, um, but it didn't matter anyways because there was phantom pass interference from the official. Like, I don't know what they saw. I don't either, but I gave them a B plus. I rolled with A minus just because I didn't feel like they were the problem. Yeah, Ross fell, uh, which, yeah, it sucks. It happens. Uh, For some reason, especially to Ross. Yeah. I, I feel like... That's the just... second time this year that he's just fallen down in coverage. Like, happening against Tech as well. Like, I, I feel... I feel Ross is, like, he like the monkey's paw curled to where, like, I want to be a really good, like, contributor to my team. The monkey's paw curled, and now he can, like... Ex- Except for one play every game. One play he's destined to trip on himself. Every game. Yeah, and it's just a random play, and it just happens to be that twice it was very consequential. Yeah. Like, but uh, he was good. Russ was uh, also quite good. He had a pass deflection. The only uh, uh, registered PBU, uh, at least in the stat book, although they're not counting Timmy Horde's bat down, which, oh well. Uh, yeah, Russ was good. Stubby, he was admirable. Uh, and half a tackle for loss. Uh, Echo had a tackle for loss as well. Uh, just very solid performance from the secondary. The defense, after a tough three-game stretch, they proved that it was not just a fluke against uh, really good, like against really bad teams that they were playing so well. They played one of the better offenses in the conference and were very, very good. So the defense is legit. Yeah. Now we can get into the coordinators, starting with Courtney Messingham. And because we apparently have an agenda, the the agenda's back. It's an F-month. No, it's a joke. That's joking. <laughs> Mess called a good game. He called an exceptionally good game. Except for maybe he ran away from the running game a bit too early. But, like, at that point, you as a coordinator, you're probably thinking, like, we're in catch-up mode. Because it never felt particularly close. He was calling good plays. They just weren't getting executed correctly. He gets a B- minus from me. Yeah, I rolled with an A- minus for Mess this game. Just because I honestly felt bad for him. Because he's getting flack online. Uh, he's the knee-jerk reaction for whenever we lose. It's, you know, fire Mess or whatever. But fire climb, fire yeah. Ray, fire. No, fire the whole coaching staff for losing to the number eleven team at home when every single unit played well except one, and even then it was an uncharacteristic performance for that guy. Like, I mean, that's called a really good game. Like you said, the only thing that you could really harp on was that he did kind of go away from the run game a little early. But I get it. I mean, we're playing from behind. Nothing was working. We can't let the clock keep running. So maybe a bit more running down the stretch would have been beneficial, but I mean you kind of have to pass it, and I think they're probably up there thinking you know it's Skyler he'll figure it out, like and that's fair because I mean he just this this was the worst game he's played in a very long time at K State, and so they're probably just trusting him and thinking oh, he's gonna get it figured out he'll be fine and they just keep putting the ball in his hands and trusting him because. That's worked in the past, generally. Yeah, so and then it just didn't it, it just, just work. So, Mess gets an A minus for me. If anything, it's a sympathy A minus, like because out like, of solidarity. Yes, like Mess, I salute you. You called a really good game. You don't deserve the hate that you're getting for this. 
It's very rare that he does. Early in the season, he he did, but yeah, he was really bad for a while. Different Messingham, different yeah, Messingham. The mess has been replaced by like the cyborg Messingham. <laughs> Him and Lincoln Riley swapped positions. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be passing a lot more. Yeah, but um, and blowing a lot more screens, but. The final person to go over is defensive coordinator Joe Klanderman. I, I don't have much to say here. He gets an A. Yeah, Clandy was great. Uh, a minus for me. Clandy man. Clandy man was really good. I have no complaints. Uh, we schemed around Baylor's running game uh, perfectly, I think. Yeah. Like, they had the one run, and there was a block in the back. That should have been called on, I think it was either Matlick or Fletcher. It was Matlick. Yeah. And if they call that, that's just back up 10 yards, and then they have to throw it. And we, our defensive scheme is just really good. And yeah. Baylor, like we... Uh, it all happened after I said he doesn't understand how it works. Yeah. He took it personally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shapen, he was efficient, but a lot of that's probably just there's absolutely zero film on him because yeah. he was not even the backup to begin the year no. <laughs> so uh, and bohannon we knew what was coming and we were ready for the bootlegs and for basically everything that they threw at the defense when bohannon was in he unfortunately then of course got hurt hopefully he's all right i haven't heard anything about I think doing. the way he was grabbing it, it's probably a hammy. I I really do hope he's all right. Yeah, it looks if, it looks like a hammy to me. I heard people saying quad, but it looks like a hammy. Yeah, I I don't. I I never wished. Okay, I've only wished for one person to get injured, and that was a very good reason because he's a jerk. It's Rattler, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rattler. But you know, even if he does play for Baylor, I do hope Bohannon gets a quick recovery. Um, oh, and also, fun fact, completely unrelated to anything. Yeah, Klanerman in my NCAA dynasty that I'm doing, yeah, he's the head coach of Bama. What? Yeah. <laughs> you are joking. No, I'm not. Oh, my God. Yeah, Saban retired, Klanerman yeah. became the head coach of Bama. On that topic, I was doing a Wichita State team builder dynasty in NCAA 14, and at one point, Brent Venables was the head coach at K-State. And he very quickly followed that up by going, like, five and a lot over three years and got fired. Yo. <laughs> and then they hired Lincoln Riley to replace Yo. him. And he did even worse. Yo. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But anyway, now let's get into MVPs. There's two objectively correct answers here. It's Deuce Vaughn and Deuce Green. Deuce Vaughn is absolutely the objective answer on offense. I'm probably still going to give it to Daniel Green on defense, but I'm very tempted to say Nate Madlick because he was excellent. Like, I, I'll i give him an honorable mention because I think it has to be Daniel Green, but Nate Madlick was very close. He gets honorable mention MVP this week because he was really good. He's really coming to his own, and when he fills out his frame – he's going to be absolutely lethal. I mean, the pass rush trio of Felix, Khalid Duke, Nate Matlick. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. That's... And yeah, it's going to be incredible. Uh, uh, Ozzy Hoffler, as he develops. AJ, when he commits. AJ, when he commits, yeah. Inevitably. It's happening. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first, calling the shot. But, 
now let's get into the takeaways and gotta start we gotta start sad again this is not how Skyler wanted to end his career and Skyler is let's let's be blunt Skyler is the reason we lost this game yeah uh, the F grades are pretty much exclusively reserved for when players lose us a game and Skyler I would say is almost wholly the reason that we lost part of that is part of the reason also the muff punt uh, that Brooks had early in the free possession that we gave to Baylor. And you could tell early on that was a sort of thing that is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of it I'll throw, I'll throw like, I don't know, like maybe five or 10% of it on like the awful officiating early in the game, because that actually did unironically really bite us. Uh, Cause we would have been given the free possession like Baylor got from us uh, for the exact same reason. But there was a phantom kick catch interference. So, but Skyler, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. And if our quarterback is Jaron next week, I, as dysfunctional as Texas is, I, I, I'm not shocking it up to be an auto loss. But it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I. That's. Neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to skip around here. This just shows the importance of having a good quarterback. Like, K-State fans uniquely know this, especially considering what we've seen. Yeah. But on the brighter side, the defense is, the defense is still legit. And a lot of the pieces that make it legit will still be here next year. Yeah. I mean, we're losing Russ... And Timmy, maybe Daniel Green? If Daniel decides to declare, then, then yeah. we have an issue. Uh, Fletcher, he'll be gone. Yeah. But, and that's three starters out of eight for sure. And Timmy, honestly, like, he rotates a lot. I mean, like, Huggins plays there. He's graduating as well. But uh, we'll we'll figure out nose tackle. We'll either get a transfer or we'll – the point is I think we'll figure it out. We'll be fine. Yeah. But we we have pieces there that are going to be able to step in, but the the biggest pieces like our pass rushers, Felix, Nate, is still going to be there. Echo and Julius will still be there. Yeah, TJ will probably be able to figure it out. Sincere will be back next year. Well, the defense yeah. will be good. Yeah, Marvin Martin, uh, he's been getting significant playing time uh, recently. He played a series or two against Baylor, even. And he he's a true freshman. He'll be back. Uh, we're bringing in a lot of guys as safety uh, from the high school ranks. Uh, the defense I feel good about. Uh, Crew Jackson supposedly has been really developing. Uh, Ozzy Hoffler. I'm looking forward to see what he does at defensive end. Uh, Devonte Pritchard. Uh, he'll hopefully maybe he'll take on the stubby role. Uh, I don't know. Just there's a lot to be optimistic about. Both the what we're returning from the defense as known commodities and uh, potential. Then the final thing is stop blaming this game on Mess. It's not his fault. This is absolutely not Courtney Messingham's fault. Like, there were moments last year and the past to blame K-State losses on Courtney Messingham, but he has evolved. Uh, He has escaped his cocoon and grown into a Messingham butterfly. And and he has spread his wings. (laughs) 
and has learned to pass in early downs. But he he's trying his best, and I I don't mean that as like like a thinly veiled insult. I mean that as he is actually trying his best. He was calling a really good game, and Skyler just couldn't figure it out on the passing end. Just like wasn't seeing things correctly. Uh, the pass protection wasn't perfect, but Skyler, those are throws he makes in uh, previous weeks. So, yeah, yeah, it's not Mess's fault. Stop blaming him. Yeah, but that pretty much wraps it up. That's not how we'd want to go out on the home victory, like as as a final home game of the year. But there are still two games left, and we'll still be covering them with just as much enthusiasm because we love K-State sports no matter what. Um, But yeah, this concludes this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats. If you want to reach out and contact the show, we are at Aggieville A Cats on Twitter. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us, we are AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. If you want to support the show in a financial sense, we're always looking for sponsors. But if you want some merchandise, you can check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where we have such designs as Neon Alley Cats and Play Sandstorm Cowards. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.